You are listening to Real Relationship Talk, a podcast helping married and pre-married couples build lasting love from above. Got problems? Let's solve them. Because real trials need real truth. Now it's time to get in the game with your relationship coach and host, Dana Shea. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to Real Relationship Talk. I am your host, Dana Shea, and we are continuing, you guys, our series here on Communication 101. Today is episode 85, and we are going to be talking all about offenses. No matter how wonderful of a person you are, and no matter how partnered you are with someone who is also wonderful, you are bound to have offenses in your friendships and in your relationships. And so I wanted to dedicate an entire podcast to talking about offenses. Now, I don't know when you all are listening to this particular episode, but unless you have been hiding under a rock, you know about the slap heard across the world. So a couple of days ago, on Sunday night, the Oscars aired. And the Oscars have actually been in kind of a downward spiral over the last several years. Not many people have been watching as much as they used to. And a couple days ago, on the Oscars, Chris Rock, who was a very well-known comedian, which most of us love, he made a very unfortunate and unfunny, in my opinion, joke about Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett Smith. Now, if you don't know, Jada Pinkett has actually been struggling with alopecia for years, and she's talked very honestly and openly about this on her show, Red Table Talk, and other venues. And so it's no secret to those who follow the Smith family that this is something that Jada has been dealing with and struggling with. It's not like she's just like, yeah, I've got alopecia, you know, on to the next thing. Like, she has been very vulnerable about her struggles with it. And so Chris Rock makes this joke about the next G.I. Jane. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with the movie G.I. Jane, it was Demi Moore who played that uh, main character, and she had a bald head, and or a shaved head at least. And so he was making this reference to Jada's hair, saying that Jada was going to be the next G.I. Jane or G.I. Jane 2. And initially, Will Smith begins to laugh at this joke, right? And then the camera pans over to Jada, and you could tell that she was visibly upset. Like, it was not funny to her. And in an instant, Will Smith gets up, he walks on the stage, and smacks the mess out of Chris Rock. Now, this episode is not my opinion about whether he should have or shouldn't have. Okay, let me just tell you, I don't think he should have slapped the man. I really don't. I think, yes, he should have stood up for his wife, and that's a very honorable thing to do. But I just feel like there were other ways that that could have been handled. So I don't want this whole episode to be about my opinion and whether I think that it was right or wrong. I think that Chris Rock should not have made that joke. It was not funny. It was not appropriate. And it just wasn't cool. And so Will Smith did what Will Smith did. And again, it was called the slap heard across the world because everybody is talking about this. And I wanted to not do a whole episode on that, but I just thought how timely that we are in this Communications 101 series and we are talking about offenses today. How timely is this whole Academy Awards slash Oscars scenario that we can actually tie it into the wrong thing to do when you are offended? And listen, my friends, you are going to have offenses in your life. 
you are going to have offenses in your relationship. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ himself says in Luke 17, 1, offenses are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. Now, we don't use the word woe, like W-O-E, not like woe, but like woe, W-O-E. We don't really use that word a lot. It's an older English word. But basically what the word woe means, W-O-E, it means devastation or shame or sorrow is going to come to that person. So what Jesus is saying is you're not going to be able to avoid being offended in your life, but don't worry about who offends you because guess what? Woe to them. There's going to be sorrow. There's going to be devastation. Basically, they're going to get back what they sowed. It's the law of sowing and reaping. And so I wanted to just start off talking about the fact that we are going to experience offenses in our relationships. If you think that because you married the right person or because you're dating this amazing guy and he makes you smile and get all the butterflies in your stomach, that you're not going to be offended at him or he is not going to be offended at you, well, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Because the truth of the matter is, and I've said this before, is that the strength of a relationship is not predicated on a lack of conflict. The strength of a relationship is determined by how you deal with the conflict. So conflict is going to come. Offense is going to come. As a matter of fact, in Luke 17, 1, I think it's interesting that many translations take that word offense and they translate it as stumbling blocks. What's a stumbling block? A stumbling block is something that is placed in your path that is intended to make you stumble. So this verse in particular is not talking about like the accidental offense. It's not talking about your spouse said something and they didn't know how hurtful it was going to be. This is alluding to someone who is intending to make you fall. They're placing a stumbling block in your way. And this is why Jesus says, but woe to them. Like, don't worry about them because they're basically going to get what's coming to them. I believe that Chris Rock placed a stumbling block in Will Smith's path. Now, did Will Smith have to react or respond the way that he did? Again, I just said earlier, I don't think that he should have responded in that way. But let's talk about you and I. What happens in your relationships when you are offended? What do you do? Do you quickly respond or react out of anger or out of hurt or out of pain? Are you going to try to get over on that person who you feel like placed a stumbling block in your path? Like, what is your MO? And I think it's really important that we become really honest with ourselves about who we really are. I used to make a joke all the time and I said, I used to be a really happy person until I got married and had kids. Like, (laughs) I never knew that I had anger built up inside of me. I honestly didn't know that I was an angry person. Why? Because there was no one really pushing those buttons on a consistent basis. Sure, I got angry sometimes. But when you're living with people who constantly push that trigger button, it will bring out of you what has been hidden in you. And so I had to learn and am still learning how to deal with offenses, how to deal when Sean does something that's hurtful to me, whether it be intentional or non-intentional. So Think about your life and your story and how you respond. And then ask yourself, how am I responding well to offenses? 
Because the, the deal here is not, I want you guys to actually not be offended. That's not possible. Jesus Christ said it himself. You're going to be offended. And you might be offended often. Hey, loves, are you ready to take your relationship to the next level? Now is the time for you to work with me as your personal relationship or marriage coach. Head over to DanaShay.com forward slash shop to see all the services I offer from individual relationship coaching to premarital coaching or even couples coaching. There's something for everyone interested in group coaching. Our next wife life class is starting soon. So visit DanaShay.com forward slash shop. That's D-A-N-A-C-H-E dot com forward slash S-H-O-P to find a package that works best for you. There's something for everyone at all price points from e-courses to personalized and private coaching. You'll find what you need at DanaShay.com forward slash shop. I look forward to working with you soon and helping you to thrive in life and in love. One of our pastors, she actually used to work at our church. She's retired now, but she used to have a sign on her office phone and it said, refuse to be offended, believe the best. And I would just go in her office sometimes and look at that little sign and say it over and over to myself because I had so many reasons to be offended. But guess what? Do you know that you can actually choose to refuse to be offended? There is a difference between offenses coming and then you picking up an offense. Think about it again, like a stumbling block in your path. If I'm walking along a path and someone throws a rock in my path, I can stumble over it. One, maybe because I wasn't paying attention. Two, because I maybe I didn't think it was a big deal and I was like, I'm just going to walk over it. And then I didn't realize, oh, dang, that thing just caused me to stumble. When offenses come to you, though, you don't have to stumble over them. You can choose to get out of the way. You can choose a different path. You can choose to jump over the stumbling block. And this is the thing that I really want to encourage all of us to remember is that just because someone is intentionally trying to offend you does not mean that you have to be offended. You can choose to be unoffendable. Jenny Allen, popular Christian speaker, she's got a podcast and and one of her podcast episodes, she talks about living unoffendable. And I love that. The fact is, y'all, that we can choose to live unoffendable. We can choose to say, you know what? Mm -hmm. I see what you're doing. I see you. I see what you're trying to do here. But I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of knowing that you are causing an offense to me. Now, this is more than just mind over matter. And it's more than mind games. Like if you're truly offended, then don't pretend that you're not. But what I'm saying is that you don't have to take up every offense. You don't have to give people that much credit or that much importance in your life. You can choose to say, you know what, I don't know what's going on with that person. Maybe it was intentional. Maybe it wasn't, but that's really not my deal. What my deal is, is worrying about me and how I am going to respond to what said person did or said or tried to do. I have had lots of practice at this and sometimes I have succeeded and many times I have not. Because there's still like a little ghetto side in me. Like, honestly, there's a little ratchet side of me that we try to keep under the blood, you know, but sometimes she pops out. And so sometimes when someone says or does something to me, I just don't even realize I'm responding and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I'm growing, trying to at least. 
and learning, trying to at least, right, how to not react, how to take a step back and say, okay, let me actually look at this from a different perspective. Here's a thought. Maybe when people are offending us, they don't realize that they're doing it. Maybe someone says an off-color comment or they say something to you that stings a little bit or they say something that's triggering. Like in Chris Rock's case, I don't believe that he set out to cause harm to Will and Jada Smith. I believe that he thought, oh, this is going to be funny. Everybody's going to laugh. She might be a little bit embarrassed, but it's all good. It's comedy. It's, it's, it's a joke. Now, what he didn't expect is for Will Smith to go and lay the smack down on him, okay? And what I'm saying, y'all, is that there are times in our lives that people do things that they, they're not intending to cause us harm. Sometimes they're just ignorant. Sometimes maybe they think it's going to be funny or maybe, who knows? Who knows what they think? So what I try to do is I try to believe the best. Like I was saying on that sign, refuse to be offended, believe the best, That takes some heart work, H-E-A-R-T. It takes some heart work to say, I am going to choose to believe the best about this person. We were over some friend's house the other night, and I was talking to one of my girlfriends about a situation, um, and she's very familiar with the situation, of a particular girl who did something really hurtful to me. And again, we're both very familiar with the story. Of course, I am because it happened to me. She is because she was a witness as to this thing that had happened. And I told her, I said, well, you know, I've actually had coffee with this person since this event. And she goes, oh, Dana, you one of those real Christians, you know, and we kind of laughed about it. But what was her point? Her point was, you know what? You're actually obeying what Jesus has told us to do. And I'm not saying this to puff myself up, y'all, because I can give you probably 10 more stories of times where I haven't responded in the right way. But this was one of those times that I did. Maybe she intended it for evil. Maybe she didn't. Maybe she didn't know what she was doing. Who knows? But I don't have to choose to live offended. All right, you guys. So I want to give you some practical tips on how to not be so easily offended. Again, if we're going to have a good defense for offense, we need some plays. We need some tips. So I'm going to give you six tips on how to stop being so easily offended. The first thing that we need to do is stop looking for offenses. The truth of the matter is, if you look for something long enough, you'll find it. If you go off looking for offenses, looking for reasons to be offended, then it's not going to be very long before you find exactly what you're looking for. We have to stop being so critical, and we have to stop going into situations expecting to be offended. This happens a lot of times. Can we just be real? This happens a lot of times with like racial relationships. Where if you are one race, you may assume something about another race. And then when that race or that person that belongs to that race does something that remotely exemplifies what you were looking for, you're like, see, there it is. There it is. I knew it. They're all like this. This is what blank people do. This is how they are. And we have to be real careful about that. This is also like a parent who goes into their child's bedroom and the room is fairly clean, but that parent will look for something out of place just so that they can correct the child. How do I know this? Because I am that parent. I struggle with perfectionism and I struggle with being critical. Now, I'm not the critical that's like mean-spirited Well, I hurl insults, but I like things to be like so. I often tell my kids, if a 100% is possible, why are we settling for 99? 
I know, I'm a little extra. I understand. Pray for me. But I have to catch myself because to a 13-year-old, that room looks great. But to me as a parent, all I can see are the things that are wrong. And sometimes we do that in relationships. Sometimes the people that we're in relationships with are literally doing their very best. But if we have a critical spirit and if we are constantly looking for offenses, we'll find it. We'll find it every time. And there is nothing more that will drive a wedge in your relationship than to find offenses all the time. So stop looking for them. Number two, we have to learn how to overcome our self-centeredness. Now, I know this is not popular advice. Nobody teaches about this anymore because it's all about like self-love and self-care and you're amazing. And yes, you are amazing. And yes, I believe in self-care. I just got a massage earlier today. Thank you very much. So I believe in self-care and I believe that you should love yourself. But y'all, sometimes we can just be way too self-absorbed where everything is about us and where we're thinking about us all the time and we're thinking about how this person spoke to me and how they left me out and how this and how that. And you guys, if we continue to do that, then self-centeredness leads to pride and pride is the great destructor. So how do we stop being self-centered? Well, what is the opposite of pride? It's humility. And so if we are going to be people who are not self-centered, then that means that we have to walk in humility. Maybe you weren't snubbed. Maybe you didn't get that opportunity because you're simply not ready. Maybe that person didn't not speak to you because they have an attitude. Maybe they had something really important on their mind and they didn't think about speaking to you because whatever they were thinking about had taken up their thoughts or maybe they didn't see you. And so we have got to get out of our own way. We have got to stop thinking about ourselves so much to the point that it causes us to be so easily offended. Number three. We have to ask ourselves, what is really going on here? What is really the problem? This is the question that I ask myself often. I am very introspective. I One thing I can say about myself is that I am always trying to talk myself off the ledge. I do a lot of self-talk. I'm very practical with myself. I give myself counseling, right? And so one of the questions that I ask myself often is, Dana, what is really going on? What is the real truth? And sometimes we are offended, not because of what somebody did, but because of our own triggers, our own insecurities. Again, that example that I just cited earlier, I used to feel like that. I'm being snubbed. How come they didn't ask me to do X, Y, and Z? Not realizing that maybe God hadn't opened a door for me to do that. Maybe I'm just not ready for that. And so when I have to ask myself what's really going on, the answer might be I'm feeling overlooked. I'm feeling unimportant. I'm feeling like I don't matter. And when I'm honest with myself, then I can deal with myself. I can deal with my own feelings and not put that on somebody else and not blame the people that I'm in relationships with for making me feel a certain kind of way when nobody can make you feel any kind of way. How you feel is your responsibility. Now, people can try, like I said earlier, people can try to throw a stumbling block in your path. People might intentionally try to offend you. But again, my friend, you do not have to pick up that offense. And one of the best ways for you to not pick up that offense is to ask yourself, why am I being triggered? What is really going on with me? I would encourage you all to write that statement down. 
what is really going on with me? And ask yourself that often. All right, number four, don't assume the worst. Believe the best. Remember that sign I told you about that my ex-coworker used to have in her office, refuse to be offended, believe the best. You see, if you go into relationships assuming the best, then that is the best defense right there. Because if I really believe that my husband is a great guy who has my best interest at heart, who genuinely does love me, well, then guess what? When he does something crazy, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to choose to believe that maybe he's having a bad day. I'm going to choose to believe that that didn't come out the way that maybe he thought it was going to come out, or he didn't really intend for that to sound the way that it sounded. We have to make a decision to not assume the worst. Sometimes we give ourselves so much grace and so much credit, but then we judge the heck out of everybody else. And we have to be willing to say, I'm going to choose to see the good in that person. I'm going to choose to believe the best. Number five, we have to look for gold. Think about a stumbling block that somebody throws in your pathway. You can choose to pick up that stumbling block, that that rock is kind of what I'm imagining it, and go, oh, wow, look at this rock. This is really pretty. I don't have one of these in my collection. Hmm, I'm going to actually take this rock and use it for something right? And the story of Joseph and the Bible in the book of Genesis, Joseph's brothers had sold him into slavery. First, they intended on killing him. Then they changed their mind. They sold him into slavery. And Joseph ends up going to a foreign nation, being sold to a man named Potiphar, being forced to work in his house. And God had favor on Joseph. If you know the story, God protected him throughout all of that. But it doesn't negate the fact that his brothers completely betrayed him. Years later, his brothers divinely end up being in need of Joseph's assistance. And Joseph says this statement in Genesis. He says, you intended it for evil, but God intended it for good. You all, if we can take on that kind of attitude where maybe someone that we're in relationship with has done something and they really did intend it for evil, God can use that very thing and use it for our good. So, yes, we were offended. Yes, that person tried to harm us. But God is able to use that very thing for our good. This takes trust in God. This takes trust in his care and his love and his provision and his protection over you. And to know that you don't have to fight all of your own battles. Okay, number six, we need to respond with grace. After we have given people the benefit of the doubt, we have tried to find gold in them darn hills, then we can respond with grace. You know, I was thinking about people who are easily offended and people who are just on edge all the time and they're just trying to look for something wrong, look for something wrong. The very antithesis of that, very opposite of that, is that they respond with grace. People who respond with grace are easily willing to give other people the benefit of the doubt. When people mess up, they're like, you know what? I understand because guess what? I struggle too. Because listen, you guys, yes, we're offended, but don't we understand that we've also offended others? And so this is where we have to be real with ourselves and say, we're not perfect. We make mistakes. We snap off at people when when we shouldn't. We assume things that are wrong. We have a wrong perspective. 
So when we can actually operate with empathy and understanding, that helps us to be able to be more graceful to other people. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I believe that most people are genuinely doing the best job that they can. Now, if you're in a relationship with somebody who's just toxic and crazy, well, then that's a whole nother podcast episode. But I'm talking about normal relationships with normal problems. Okay, now your normal problems might be big problems. But what I'm not talking about is you're in a relationship with someone who is mentally and emotionally abusive. Abuse and offense are two different things. Let's be very clear on that. Somebody slaps you across your face. I mean, I'm sorry, Will Smith, but that's not offense. That's abuse. If somebody, you know, does something harmful, steals money out of your account, like that's not an offense. That is a crime. That is abuse. And so I'm not saying that we need to just overlook abuse and just choose to see the good in abuse. No. If there is abuse, then that's another episode. That's a whole nother situation. I'm talking about offenses. So I'll real quick review those six steps that I gave you. One, stop looking for offenses. Two, we need to overcome our self-centeredness. Three, ask yourself, what's really going on with me? Number four, Don't assume the worst, believe the best. Five, look for gold. Number six, respond with grace. There is no possible way that you can walk in a healthy relationship if you also choose to be easily offended. And then can I just say, you guys, like sometimes we just got to stop taking ourselves so seriously. It's okay to let things roll off your back a little bit. It's okay to laugh a little bit when people try, even try to get to you. It's okay. So will you with me make a commitment that we are going to choose to believe the best about people? Can you believe the best about your spouse? Can you believe the best about your partner? Can you believe that they are not a person who is intentionally trying to destroy your life? And listen, if they are, you're in the wrong relationship. If you are with somebody who is intentionally trying to destroy you, that is not a viable relationship. But most of us are not in relationships like that. Most of us are in relationships with people very much like us who are just trying to do the best job that they can and making lots of mistakes along the way. That's where grace comes in. That's where forgiveness comes in. That's where real love is birthed. This is not anything easy This is not something that you're just going to flip this podcast off and just start excelling at. This is going to take lots and lots of practice. So thanks so much for listening today. I know that as we continue to make real efforts toward real communication and real conversations, we are going to see our real relationships transformed. So love you guys so much. I will see you on the next episode. Take care. Thank you for listening to Real Relationship Talk with Dana Shea. Find the show notes, helpful articles, and more relationship tips at realrelationshiptalk.com. Enjoying the show? Be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And remember to subscribe. We'll see you on the next episode. There's nothing in this world that he cannot do if we truly allow his love. We can do nothing without him. Anything that we do apart from him is not something that's permanent. We all need his grace. That's everybody. We are all broken people on our way to a place that we believe is, is waiting on us in heaven.
You can find more of Bridges with Monica Schmelter at lifeaudio.com. In Christ, we are all one family. Amen.